All right, we are in lesson 23. I believe we are in, or we got down and we're in question four. So we'll get through these two and then uh, Mike will come up and we'll start on uh, question, or the question sheet 24. So uh, hopefully you have that. It's been mailed out so we can uh, pick that up. So uh, question four, and this is again the person work of the Holy Spirit. This is um, uh, lesson 23. And uh, we've been talking about the body of Christ. That's been the, the focus of this lesson about how we're all members of and part of the body of Christ. So uh, in um, question four, what are the three ways of looking at the body of Christ? And page 123 in whatever text that is in the book or the PDF. So what are the three ways? What's one of the ways um, of looking at the body of Christ according to a write-out or what he lays out? Members of his body. Members of his body. And, and we get that from Ephesians 5.30, where it says, because we are members of his body. Not a lot of whole mystery there. Uh, we are members of his body. So um, that's number one. Number two, what's the second one? Members of one another. Members of one another. Again, the body concept, the body isn't just one part. There are uh, uh, several members. So we, we see that in Romans 12, 5, uh, 12, 5. So we, who are many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. So again, it's body concept. Uh, we're all members of his body. Now there's different individuals, um, parts of the body. We're all different members of the body. And what's the third one? As individuals. As, well... He, he puts it as we're members in particular, is the way he, he lays it out. So what does that mean, we're members in particular, as, as opposed to, we said we're, they're different members. Now what is, what is in particular trying to draw out? That the individual. The individual, like, expand on that. Well, in, I mean, the particular is, is very particular. <laughs> Remember, you can't use the word in the answer. No. <laughs> very specific on that. <laughs> well, I, myself, I am a member of his body. I, th I think the point being brought out is that we're all different. It's, you yeah. know, it could be all members of the body, but we're all different. And we all have different functions. It's the, as we went through, and we'll, we'll see it in, um, in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 12. Um, okay. it, feet, hands, eyes, ears, nose, we're all, they're all part of the body. We're all members of it, but now they're particular. They're different aspects, different features of each of it, every one of us. We're not, I always like to say, we're not all Charlie Browns. We're not all the same. And, and you know, it, it's like... I, I think of two when you have elders. Usually it's never good to have one elder. It's always plural because there's different, there's different aspects. The plurality is a, is a feature that is good because we're not all the same. And having multiple elders has always been a benefit because you didn't want to be, as we said, all the same. You, you have different ones. And, you know, it's like I'm on the board at camp. We're all not the same. And it was, it was very interesting to see how different we all are. But we all bring a different aspect to the board. And and some of us really, not me, are into like human relations or the, the aspects of that and 
doing all sorts of, you know, human resources game, uh, functions <laughs> where you have all sorts of things, but you know, I'm, I'm the engineer, build it square plum, move on. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> so, but they compliment me and, and my weaknesses and, and, and I keep them focused and moving forward on things. So it's the body. It, it, the board is like the body. We have all different aspects, yeah. and they all benefit each other. The weaknesses of one are made up by the strength of another. And I, that's the same body concept, I think, that we have in Christ, that you want stronger and weaker members, ones that bring a different aspect. And, and then you look into all the gifts that we have. There's, there's helps. There's uh, evangelists. There's all different things. And all of those benefit, but, well, get into the question is, what do they benefit what? What? The body. The body. That's you know we always think of the gifts. Is it to be magnificent and bring attention to yourself or whatever? The gifts are meant to edify the body or build up the body. It isn't for our own glory or you know our our aspect of it. Our gifts are meant to edify or build up the body. So that's why you know individually we're all different because and we all have our different aspects in in the body. So. Uh, we, we see this in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Now you are Christ's body and individually members of it. So we have, here we have the three lives of truth, connection, in, in connection with Christ, with one another, individual responsibility. So it's kind of, he, he goes on, this is right out. Every believer is a member of this body, and we have already seen there's but one church, the body of Christ. What an awful presumption then to hear a person speaking of this or that organization. Even if, even if composed of Christian people as the church, every saint on earth is a member of the church and it's nothing but the worst kind of sinful pride to exclude a single one in our thoughts of the church. So it's interesting. <laughs> and, and I you know, this, I don't know if you'll be able to hear this, but this in my strange, you know, I'm strange. The, uh, there was a song back in like the nineties. It was the acapella vo vocal band. If I can, if you can hear this, it, it was exactly what they were saying. And I'll try and play it loud enough so you can hear this, but it's, it's called, you can't go to church, but this is the entry to it. It's called the conversation. And it's a dad getting ready, his kids ready for church. So if you can hear this, I don't know, we'll try it. This is time to go. Uh, hey, just turn that stuff off. Come on, hurry up. We gotta go. goes on to a whole song about we we can't go to church because the church is us so i thought well that was like 20 years ago that song came out and i but it, of course when i started studying this that's all i could think of we can't go to church because we are the church <laughs> so when i come to church every morning now <laughs> anyway but that is it's kind of funny we we refer to the church we're going to church how many times do we say that we're going to we're going to the church that's really wrong we can't go to church because the church is us. We'll go, we can go to the song, I'm quoting song. You, you can't, you can go to a building, you can go to this, but you can't go to church because the church is us. And so we actually, it, 
not a big deal, but I think Rideout's kind of saying how we misrepresent that when we say we're going to church because that that diminishes the thought of we are the church and that, you know, when you go anywhere with believers, that's the church, that's the body. And so it kind of brings out the point that when we say we go to church, well, yeah, that's a building. But really, anywhere you go with a Christian, you're, that's the body, that's the church. So anyway, my strange mind, that song came to me immediately was... We are the church. So, anyway, any any other thoughts on that? Could you hear that in virtual land? Okay, it's just yeah, my strangeness. It's acapella, acapella vocal band, AVB, and yeah, yeah probably in the nineteen nineties or something. Then. All right, uh, question five: Why does First Corinthians twelve reflect the unity of the body and not individual gifts? That's kind of what I touched on. Why? Why is that? Why does it talk about the body, the body as a whole, rather than the uh, individual gifts? I already, already discussed that. Well, the references he gives are First Corinthians twelve or thirteen, I believe, and twenty-five and twenty-seven. Yeah. And, and basically, we'll, we'll go through it. In questions, I, I went through this in, in questions two and four. And we read, I read from 1 Corinthians 12, and I read the whole section there. What, what we saw is the body of Christ is made up of many individual members that form the whole body. No one member can function as it should without all the members functioning. The gifts of individuals are used in the building up of the whole body of Christ, the church. The gifts are not meant to build up the individual. And that's the key. It's not to build us up, it's, but it's to build up the body. That's why he gave gifts. Not to build me up, but to build the body up. To use whatever gift I have to build the body up. So, right out states, the entire chapter, the 12th of 1 Corinthians, should be read as showing the relation of the body to the, or the relation of the spirit to the body. Next to its unity is the diversity of its members and their mutual dependence, uh, the one upon another. Each, and I like this last, last paragraph that he has, each member has its own function. And how clear it is that each individual is, is here contemplated. None is so insignificant as to be omitted. And each has his place in the body according to the sovereign will of the Spirit of God. The more uncomely parts are more essential. And upon them, greater care has to be bestowed. A man protects his lungs carefully while his face is exposed to air. Sickness in one member means sickness of the body. I do not say if my lungs or my heart are affected that this is or that special organ is sick, <laughs> but I am sick. So if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. And this last one, the body is the vehicle, we might almost say, for the spirit. So the church is the body of Christ is a vehicle, may we not say, for the activities of Christ, he uses the church through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit to perform his work in the world to represent him. I think that last sentence was probably the best. You know, he uses the spirit, the indwelling spirit, to perform his work in the world and to represent him. The ambassador, how many we say we're the ambassadors of Christ? We're to say what he says, you know, he said the ambassador says only what country he comes from. Where's our citizenship? In heaven, where are we representing? We're representing that citizenship. So again, and, and we are the ones that represent Christ as 
I said last time when we all are individual members of the body, we're the we we are we are greater things that he talked about. Because Christ was singular here when he was on earth. Now Christ is represented by all of us worldwide. And we're the representation, we're the ambassador for him. So that's what the Holy Spirit is using us for now, is to bring forth Christ. So any other questions or thoughts on that one? Don't you think it's like your family? You're one family, but everybody has their own place and their own functions. Yeah. I, I don't know if you heard that. I don't know if your mic was on or not, but uh, she said, oh, she did get it. Okay. Yeah. And it's like a family. Um, <laughs> although I think of that, it's like, you know, the jokes of, oh, Uncle Fred is coming. He's the weird, you know. <laughs> I don't think we have some weird members in the family that, you know, you don't, you know, he's the black sheep of the family over here or something like that. So the analogy is a little bit weird in my mind that the family could have some bad members, where in the body of Christ there are no bad members. Or, you know. Well, excluding Uncle Fred, I was just thinking of <laughs> the <laughs> nuclear family. <laughs> I have an Uncle Fred, so that was funny. No. Oh, was someone talking here? What's that? Well, Sorry, was I talking over someone there? Yeah. Miles, oh, what did boy. you say? Oh, I'm not, I said I have an Uncle Fred, so that's funny. But I was going to say, um, <laughs> I uh, no, I, there was, it was a number of years ago, I was, we were working on the farm, and, and there, we had a guy working for us who happened to be an engineer. And he, when he looked at the green bin, he talked, you know, we were, we were installing a, a grain chute on this one bin, and, and he's talking about, well, this member here, it would be how helpful if we could remove that, but we can't remove that member because it's, you know, necessary to the structure. I'm like, I don't talk about members of a green bin, but this engineer, maybe you can relate to that, you know, this is the oh, member yeah. of a prop, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there are. We, we get members of, yeah, all sorts of things. Yeah, yeah it's it just, that, that, that's always stuck in my mind is, you know, the individual members of the entire structure are necessary to the, to the structure, right? But. Well, we get that too. You know, we see that actually, Miles. That's great because who's the cornerstone of the building? Who's the foundation? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's Christ and the foundation of the apostles and that, and then we are we are the building, the members of that 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 structure. Mm-hmm. So that is, that is a great analogy. So, other thoughts? <laughs> what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say I don't have an uncle Fred, but there <laughs> are the Freds in your family. So yeah. you can't pretend like. They can be believers, and yeah. they can be strange or weird, and you still have a yeah. certain perspective from the scripture that gives you insight into how Uncle Fred's fit. And they're still they're still family. They're still family. So the the just worked. It just you know you think of I don't think of huge uh, gifted you know, but there are people within the body too. I mean mm-hmm. that there are. And, and Miles, I'm sorry for the reference to your Uncle Fred. I tried to pick a name, you know, Uncle Z or something. I should have. Oh, it's okay. It was actually pretty appropriate. We all, we all love Uncle Fred. But, you know, Uncle Fred. Uh, <laughs> I think that plays into what this ver- these verses are talking about with regards to the weakness of another. Um, yeah. is an opportunity for us to come alongside that weakness. Right. Um, so it does talk about the weaker members of the body. And that does translate to family in some instances. In some instances, it does not. You know, if you're not a belie- if they're not believers, we have we don't have the same expectations, or we don't operate from the same playbook, so to speak. Right. No, and, and that is true. I mean, and it even says the weaker members, you know, coming alongside and all that. So uh-huh. there, there is, yeah, <laughs> the Uncle Fred that may be a little weak or a little off. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, you come beside him and help. Or and yeah, that. and and again, as one member, we we help any other member of the body. 
So and come up and strengthen them or encourage them or help them in their growth or their 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 path. What happens when they don't want to be helped? Yeah, <laughs> Michael. Michael, maybe take that one here. So, uh, so yeah, I mean that. Yeah, I mean that. That is a real question. So, any other? And otherwise, I'll let uh, Mike take over on twenty-four. We're all good. What's What's interesting? What we've just talked about is pretty much um, how the church is designed, and now we're going to see if it functions that way. Does it or doesn't? And so, the first uh, the first question is, what's the uh, on lesson twenty four? And if you're looking in your book, it's page um, fifty three, fifty four to fifty six. This lesson or one twenty three on this PDF. What's the difference between the unity of the body and the unity of the spirit? Is there a difference? I'll say it again. What's the difference between the unity of the body, which we've just spent some time talking about, and the unity of the spirit? Is that well, one, is there a difference? Answer yes. So the baptism of the spirit, uh, he takes us and he puts us in the body of Christ. Okay? So we are positioned in him, and we are united to the, to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he gives us, as Courtney said, an individual place in the one body, and we have individual uh, responsibilities. But in Ephesians 4.3, a very interesting verse says, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Well, if it was all positional... And once we got baptized in the, into the body of Christ, that was it. We could just just keep cruising. Then there wouldn't be a need to endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit. The unity of the Spirit. He's not talking about the unity of the body, but he's talking about the unity of the Spirit. So we can say it's by the Spirit that the reality of divine things is brought home to us, according to Rideout. You understand what he says there? It is by the Holy Spirit that the reality of divine things is brought home to us. The Spirit is the teacher. He's the one that informs us in this particular case. He informs us about um, individual things or the things of the Spirit. We wouldn't know anything without him. Okay? Okay then without him all the precious facts as to the church, the body of Christ, with its various members and their functions would be meaningless and inoperative. I was on the phone yesterday with a guy, and we were talking a little bit about the body of Christ. Most of what I said was meaningless to him because he did not understand how the body of Christ functions. He doesn't understand it. And I dare say, a lot of us haven't got a real good handle on it either. But the unity of the Spirit uh, uh, is different than the fact of the unity of the body. Courtney did a good job of explaining the unity of the body, but without the unity of the Spirit, it would have no power in our lives, and there would be no testimony to its truth. So who's the key? 
to manifest the unity of the body of Christ in every believer. I gave away the question. Who is the key? It's the Holy Spirit. So where does that leave us in our relationship to the Holy Spirit? We're totally dependent on him. Totally we are. To understand not only how the body was put together, but how it functions and what what each individual role is, uh, what each uh, member, uh, uh, I don't want to use the word gifts, but what each believer's position is, what does it mean to be in the body of Christ? I'm there, you know. Well, I went to class and they told me that I'm united to all the rest of you. You know, I couldn't help but think about the uncommonly member. The guy that I love the most is Tom. Tom Mallinson. What a dear brother he is. And you just come, we come beside him. He's such a. Have you, has, have you ever had Tom just break out and sing a hymn to you on the phone? It's wonderful. I mean, in the world system, it would be the nerdiest thing ever, but in the body of Christ, it's really cool. That's what the Spirit does. He shows us how it works. And he not only does that, he creates within us the love of Christ, the affections needed to function the way we're supposed to. You see that? And he brings the life. He brings the life. He brings the understanding of we've been crucified, buried, and resurrected, and placed in Christ. And that that means that Christ is on the earth manifesting himself in his life more so now than he ever was when he was here by himself. Because there's a whole bunch of us now. And it's the life of Christ. Okay. All right, so we're, we're going to talk about practical unity. Question two says, what is the practical unity produced by the Spirit in the people of God? Practical. What is it? How does it, how, how does it apply to us? In other words, let's say that uh, I'll pick on somebody. Pick on Phil. Phil wakes up in the morning. He said, boy, I really wish the body of Christ was, would just function practically like it's supposed to. How does it function that way? We talked about the fact that the Spirit produces it, produces the life that's in the... But how about me personally in the body of Christ? What am I? I'm dependent on the Holy Spirit. What am I dependent on him to do? when it comes to the body of Christ. Number one, he impresses on us the truth of the one body. He shows us in the word what it is, and he persuades us about that. You know? And then the second thing that we're dependent on him is that he's the one that leads us in accordance with divine principles. So, I'm a guy who loves principles. I'm not an engineer, thank the Lord, for small favors. <laughs> but I've been surrounded by them ever since I've been in this church. Everybody in authority seems to be an engineer. They're weird people, I'll tell you. <laughs> but I, I'm the diversity. <laughs> 
but I love principles because whenever you whenever you enter into a discussion about law and grace, the the the, the law people want to know how do you function under grace? How do you function under grace? What are the parameters? What are the things that make us um, or inform us as to how this ought to go? And it's not law. What's the answer? By principles. What is a principle? Engineers ought to know what principles are. They live by them. You know? What is a principle? How do you define it? I've only defined it about a hundred times. <laughs> How do you define a principle? Or give me an example of one. A physical principle. Gravity. Gravity. Works the same way every time, right? Doesn't it? Is there, if I drop this pen a thousand times, it's one time in a thousand it's going to go this way? I don't think so. It's always going to go this way. So within the body of Christ and within the framework of grace and gifts are principles. And the principles and spiritual principles work the same way every time. So what do we need to do as believers? We need to learn the principles. Who's the one that teaches us to teaches the principles to us? It's the Spirit of God. He teaches them. He tells us what he's what they are and how he's going to implement them. What's our job? Believe it. That's it. Our job is to believe him. Not only the doctrine, but the principles too. This is how he's going to do it. And this is what he's going to do. When, when we say that uh, God works all things together uh, for good to those who love him, to those who are called according to his purpose. What's the purpose? To conform us to the image of Christ. Is that a principle? Yeah, it is. He's working everything to accomplish that principle. Is that a law? No, it's a principle. Do you see the difference? A law is a statute that says, if you obey me, I will bless you. If you don't obey me, I'm going to curse you. So here's the list of the do's and don'ts. Those aren't principles. Those are statutes. How would you define a principle? Now, this is the fifth question I've asked, and nobody's answering, so I'm going to shut up. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> How, how would you define a principle? It's how something operates or yeah. works. Yeah. Does the body of Christ function and operate a certain way? Sure does. And the principles are in his word. Now, the manifestation of those principles is why people say, well, I see what your Bible says about being, being in the body and et cetera, et cetera, but boy, I don't see it in operation. Could you say that a law focuses on you, your performance? Yes, you can. Where a principle would focus you on the, on another object, like Christ or the Lord. That in and of itself is a principle. The work of the Holy Spirit is to do what? It focuses on Christ, right? Through his word. Principle or law? No, it's a principle. When we're focused on the Lord Jesus Christ, guess what happens? Things begin to function like they should. I can't focus on me vis-a-vis -vis the principles and try to implement them out of my own strength. I can't do that. 
because it'll be a law and I'll be focused on me. It's, I mean, the simplest graphic I know of is the marriage triangle. A triangle like this, husband here, wife here, the Lord here. If they're looking this way, they're not moving this way. If you're looking this way, then it's working. See that? Well, I think, I think Mike, the, uh, <laughs> which does the flesh gravitate to? It, the flesh always goes to works and self. Mm -hmm. It's I, if I do this, I get this. If I yeah. you know do this, that's what the flesh always always does. always focuses on. Doesn't focus at all on the principle of focusing or, or working towards conforming to Christ. Yeah, that's why the, the the flesh is always trying to draw us back into law and and you know do something take us totally out of grace. Mm -hmm. You know the unmerited part. That's why it's totally contrary and the flesh always if we're struggling if we're working if you know it's and trying to do the spiritual push-ups as you say or go you know get a gallon of you know spiritual you know fuel it's it's the it's the flesh that's trying to do all that yeah and it's it it, it the flesh doesn't like the principle no and that's why they're always in conflict because the flesh always wants the law the get this do this if i do this if i work if i do then I, I receive something. Principles aren't don't work that way. Right? They don't work that way. No, they don't. Let me give you a good example. We talked about this a few weeks ago in Second Corinthians four. Uh, the last two verses: For the momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory. Principle: A momentary light affliction. Oh, a light affliction produces a real heavy weight of glory. Principle. And then he says. Uh, beyond any comparison. While we look at, we look not at the things which are seen, the flesh looks at things only that are seen, we, uh, but at the things which are not seen. If they're not seen, how do I get, how do I get them? The Holy Spirit is the one who shows you. But the things which are not seen, though for the things which are, are seen are temporal it means they're decaying look in the mirror someday <laughs> but the things which are not seen are eternal the body of Christ is eternal so you the dependency that we have on the Spirit of God to, to produce the practical unity in the body of Christ we are totally dependent on him to do that we're totally dependent on him for our own personal spiritual growth, aren't we? And some of you guys, I know you do spiritual push-ups when nobody's watching. But it's dependence. It's the same way with the body of Christ. We look at Christ to build the body. We look at him to do that. Because that's what he says he's going to do, principle. Okay? So, why is there failure then? For the most part, to keep the unity of the spirit today, according to Rida. And would you agree with the premise? Is there a failure to keep the unity of the spirit in the body of Christ today? Yes. Yeah, I think there is. Would you say it's because they're not of one mind, and like Donna said, their focus is in the wrong place? Right. 
So I think we have to accept the premise that the unity of the spirit, for the most part, is a failure, practically. Anybody not agree with that? It's not that I don't uh, agree. It's, it's, it's striking me because you, you keep using the word practical, and um, I just think about how often have I prayed for unity in the spirit with someone that that's ultimately the need, but yet I'm looking at physical things, you know, the functions and how different we are and how our personalities don't work together um, for various reasons. But I don't look at it practically that Paul's talking about here, where it's from the perspective of in the spirit, when we're established on those truths, like right out talks about, our focus is on God's word and there is unity there. And so if there's hope for, for some, some relationship that's been estranged or, you know, has some difficulty, that's really the heart of a, of, of a prayer that I've not practically been aware of in, in certain instances. I might think of it in those ways, but it's not something that I've seen so clearly until I looked at this verse. Well, I think that's a great point because right up tags onto that point by quoting the Old Testament uh, verse that says, Every man did what was right, what he thought was right in his own eyes. That's not the unity of the spirit. If I sit here and and uh, uh, Brian and Courtney and everybody's got a different idea of what the unity of the spirit is, what do we? And and so we act that way, and we didn't open up God's word. What do we got? We got a room full of do-gooders, all going in their own direction. Opinions. Opinions. Yeah. So one of the real huge reasons why we teach the way we teach around here is that reason, so that we have a unity of understanding of God's word, because from that comes the behavior pattern. Dependence on the spirit comes to be, you know. If you can't back it up in God's Word, no matter how intense that experience was and how emotional you were about it, if you can't back it up in God's Word, you better let it go. So it's interesting that we that, that uh, you see it everywhere. I mean, a lot of those reformers that live down the street, those Catholics over here, whether they're in the body of Christ or not, I don't know, but... Um, and then, you know, one of those charismatics or there's, you know, well, they just don't, I mean, we, 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 we talk about in our country diversity, what we really mean is separation, you know, the unity of the body of Christ doesn't mean we all say the same thing, but we all believe in the same savior and we all have uh, a dependence on the spirit of God to do what he's going to do. And we're all Bible students, you know, we are. We study God's word and we rightly divide it. We look for answers to situations in God's word. We don't just rely on how we feel about the word. You know, uh, I laugh every time I say that because I, I can remember early on as a Christian, before Donna and I were even married, we were in a Bible study with a bunch of single people, right? And we were going back and forth and I, I really didn't. I still was willing to run my mouth in front of everybody, but I didn't know what I was talking about. 
And so a guy says to <laughs> Thank you. I know. Yeah. That was a softball, wasn't it? It was right, right down the middle. <laughs> so so I, get, I get in a difference of opinion with a guy, and we debate a little bit. And then he says to me, well, you have a right to believe what you believe, and I have a right to believe what I believe. And I said, no, we don't. No, we don't. We have a right to believe what God's Word says, and we don't have the right to individually interpret it. It says what it says, and that's the truth. See? So, but the spirit of one of the cool things that Rideout says in terms of why the church is, is failing to demonstrate, he says, they or we seem never to have realized that Christ has a church on the earth. It's his church, and it's here on the earth. Established upon principles of his truth and ordered according to his will revealed in his word. Miles Dreger just said his cell service dropped out for the last... <laughs> for the last part, so his phone must have gone dead. <laughs> as a result, they are incapable of entering into the unity of the Spirit, as in the days of the judges, everyone does that which is right in his own eyes. It's not, is it not a fact that ecclesiastical disobedience is lightly thought of? It is. It is. I mean a disregard for the truths of God's word as to his church. I totally agree with them about that. You know, uh, we get calls every once in a while about people that want to use our building. And I, most of them, when we say, no, we don't want you to, we're not going to let you use the building. I mean, we have a, a bunch of practical reasons, and one of them is Bill's electronic setup. We don't want anybody touching that, you know. But the other thing is the difference in doctrine. We are not unified with. The, the, the latest one was uh, from the Episcopal Church. What do we have in common with the Episcopal Church? Zero. We can't let them use the building. This is this is the Lord's building. You know. So. All right. Boy, I'm racing through this. This is great. What time is it? Ooh, I'm over. Oh, yeah. Gotta quit. <laughs> okay, let's pray. Dear Father, how we thank you. We thank you for the grace, and we really thank you in particular for your spirit that is to, has been sent to us as members of the body of Christ to manifest the life of the Lord Jesus and the unity that's uh, inside of the, this body so that Christ can be manifested in unity to the whole world. We thank you, Father. We pray in your son's precious name. Amen. Thank you, guys. <laughs>